Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Okay, so today we start a new season of our podcast and also in our study material. We're starting the book of Acts. Anybody read the book of Acts before the whole book? Yeah, it is so full of really interesting stories. And it's going to be really neat to start unpacking some of that stuff. Um, before we get into doing a reading real quick, I want to just share with you out of the Illustrated Bible Survey, um, the book that I somehow pulled, sometimes pull some resources from, the opening introduction to the book of Acts is titled Witnessing to the World. And as we know, the book of Acts is written by Luke. He also the author of the Gospel of Luke, right? It says in the first opening verses there that he wrote it to his buddy Theophilus. So in essence, Luke wrote a detailed account of a lot of really interesting events to his friend Theophilus. But out of this book, I wanted to read you this really this quote here. It said, The Acts of the Apostles isn't a survey of the ministry of all twelve disciples. Rather, it is about Peter and Paul. But, in another sense, it's not really about them. It's about what the Holy Spirit does through them. Well, that's really interesting, right? The book goes on to say, thus, this book could be titled The Acts of the Holy Spirit. Interesting, right? And um, a key verse in this book, which I think is really interesting, and, and we'll read it today. It's chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the key verse in the book of Acts. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Any thoughts on that before we get into our reading today? Anyone excited to read some interesting stories? Huh? <laughs> it's a lot of interesting stories, isn't there? Yeah. There's some stuff in here that makes you scratch your head and you go, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And there's a lot of like conflicting moments too, where you're like, "All right, so if God's a God of love, then how could He open up the ground and like Ananias and Sapphira and people like die right there?" And just there's some really interesting, really interesting stories in here. One of my favorite stories, which I don't know if we'll get to it in this quarter or if it'll be later on, but you know, there's a story about a guy who was trying to cast out demons in the in the, in the God of Peter and the God of Paul, like he's counterfeiting it. Demon actually spoke back to him and said, We know Peter, we know Paul, and we know Jesus, but we don't know you. And as the story reads, they attacked him, like beat the dude up, and jacked him up. How do you understand that story, you know? It's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's read. Uh, today we're focused on two sections the Holy Spirit promised and the ascension. Uh, this is chapter 1, verses 4 through. 11 and uh, can I have a volunteer to read like the first section verse 4 through 8 yeah, then, yeah. The, the Holy Spirit promised while he was with them he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for the Father's promise which he said you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He 
said to them, It is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Someone else to read 9 through 11? After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and that cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Kind of a lot in there, maybe. Maybe not. Um, Lola, yeah. you go first. What do you think stood out to you? Uh, what stood out to me was Acts uh, 1, 7, and 9. Mm. Um, so like one on 7, where Jesus says, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Mm -hmm. Um it, you know, I found I found it interesting, and I think it backs up, um, you know, when people try to predict, you know, the future or when this is going to happen and that's going to happen. It's like it's really none of our business. It's been set up by God, mm -hmm. and, and which goes into the other one, which is nine. Well, well, actually, to finish that up. Um, that you know he has he has control he has full authority and so it's you know so that's kind of God's God's character I guess what I see coming out from those statements uh -huh. you know what I mean yeah 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 <clears throat> so you know this isn't uh, there is a beginning and an end to this you know what I mean there's a there's boundaries there. Yeah. So that I saw. And then the other one was nine where the disciples watched as the cloud took Jesus out of their sight. And you know, it's just that had to have been fascinating, you know, to see. You know, all all inspiring. Put yourself in that position, right? Think about that. There's this dude that you've just been through. You watched him die. You watched him come to life. He's been hanging out with us for 40 days. And then now he's like, where's he going? You know? Right. How do you recover from something like that, you know? It's like, it's like you can't believe what you're seeing. Yeah. It took angels. You kind of shake them out of their trans or their, like... Right. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I like the point you made there about um, in verse 7. It's not, you know, times or periods. You know, that's Jesus responded like that because of their question in verse 6, which, which I highlighted verse 6 is one of my verses. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? Like, they still didn't have a 
complete understanding of Jesus' mission. They still misunderstood it at that point, even after all of that. And, you know, like, I mean, Jesus gave so many examples in his ministry of, without specifically saying my kingdom is not of this world, if it were, I could bring angels down here, we would, we would be the champs, just like that. Or the Sermon on the Mount. You know, I've heard it said somewhere like the Sermon on the Mount. Like if you want to know what a person looks like who's in God's kingdom, read the Sermon on the Mount. Like that's basically a description of it. How people are and how this kingdom works and all that. It's really interesting, you know. Um Kind of really interesting, and to your point, Lola, like, why didn't Jesus just say yes or no? Like, the disciples asked him a yes or no question, mm-hmm. but he responded, It's not for you to know. Time or period, Father sends on for like, why would he respond in that way? Do you think it's kind of cryptic? You think like they're looking for an answer, and he kind of responds in a way that's like, eh. it could almost seem like don't ask questions, it's don't ask questions, doesn't it? Be that way. That you, I could see how you would think that, but it's also you know he knew everything, and he knew we'd be sitting here today reading the Bible and wondering why, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and, you know. So yeah, he that's, told them it's gonna be two thousand years yet. Yeah, like, and and that also that becomes where you know how when you have too many things that to do and then you're just overwhelmed. Time can do that too. You have so much time. Well, what am I doing this for now? You know, what's my hurry? What's my? But but he needed that momentum to keep going, to keep the church growing, to keep you know these people going because all these people were seedlings. It opened up other avenues, and it had to happen that way. I think to your point, and then we'll go with Mark to hear to hear some of his insights on this too. But like to your point, he redirected them. They were thinking about, are you going to make the kingdom happen now? Jesus redirected them and said, don't think about future events, but focus on what's going to happen next. Verse 8, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You're going to receive power, and this message is going to go. Focus on that. That's what's happening now. You know? It's interesting. What you, Mark? What do you think? Well, you know, it's such a tight series of, of Scripture. But two things. One, um... That statement that that Lola pulled out, but it was also that when you do come to these times, you will be filled with power from the Holy Spirit. And when it says you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth, basically, it's really talking to us um, at this time. But then also too is the other thing that I, that stuck out at me is how gentle the angels were with the people and you know and how and in that and you know how they addressed them you know with I guess respect mm. and hope too right mm-hmm. they told you hope yep. your boy's not gone but that's all I got out of that appreciate that yeah, that is true, too, to think of it. You made a really good point, Mark, but I like when you said, you know, and to the ends of the earth, which means you know, sometimes we can get caught up in the historical aspect of certain parts of Scripture, which is good, but you 
of scriptures reveal things about God that we apply to us right now? Well, people either look at scripture as, oh, it's just a story back then. This is what the day they were dealing with. Yeah. And if you don't apply it to you and your life today, I think that's a misstep that mm. many people make. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's like what he said back in the day. It, the days people were just living like in this side of the world, in which it's just started. So you know, you let them know that yeah, it's not it's not gonna be soon. It's gonna take some time, and also. I guess he's trying to teach humanity how to be patient. Not to, you know, nowadays people want everything now. Mm-hmm. You know, where he also, he also tell them, you know, I'm not going to tell you the time or place when I'm coming back. So you do not believe me. And that, and that will come back. But if it's like if, 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 if I tell you I'm going to come back here next week, you know, you tell me ahead when you're coming back, then people pretty much say, I'm not going to take it seriously, or at least they're not, they're not going to take the, the gospel seriously, and say, well, I'm going to live the way I want to live, and then I know he's coming back, so, you know, yeah. then I'll repent. <laughs> like, who here, you know, if you struggle with procrastination, raise your right hand, right? Like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Jesus said, "Yeah, I'll be back in two thousand years," and, you know, so spread the message. Yeah. Do you think people would start that day? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. And I, I think that's a really great point, Angel, because he just says, "No one knows the day or the hour." He's gonna come like a thief in the night. You know. So occupy until I come. Live your lives, but spread the message. He wants people to are truly faithful and sincere in their. Love of God, yeah, to be with Him, yeah, man, it's awesome. Yeah, for me, I picked out verse five, six, and eight, um, and then verse eleven a little bit later on. But verse five, when He talked about John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. It's an interesting thing because I thought when someone was baptized with water, they also were baptized with the Spirit at the same time, right? That's a common understanding, at least for me, that I had for a long time. But recently, I've kind of learned more that water baptism is just symbolic. It's, it's a symbolic ritual of being cleansing, dying to the old self, rising to the new self, but it doesn't actually mean heart change at all. Like your heart doesn't actually change until the spirit fills you. Which is why, I mean, my own story, and I'm sure we could all connect with this, we all know people who have been baptized but are not at all heart changed at all. they're a member in good standing you know but it's not until they're actually receptive to it so it for me it stretches my mind to go a little bit further and say well then can a person be baptized in the spirit and go through heart change and never have been baptized by water it doesn't work the other way I feel like it's almost like another step because Mm. God will accept you the way you are if you if you have that desire so a baptized being baptized symbolically means you're working on things ah, I um, whereas 
someone may be baptized by the Holy Spirit, they've they've grown. Mm. They're ready for that next layer, maybe step. Interesting. I, like I mean, that. I don't know. I like that. Um, and then I talked about verse 6 a little bit. And then verse 11, you know, something that I learned about God was in verse 11 that um, so they said, you know, the angels said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up in heaven? You know, to your point, Mark, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. So Jesus is, yet again, he's not making any declaration about anything, he's demonstrating providing evidence to what's going to happen you know so people so you can instead of just trusting someone's word by declaration that's what Satan does Satan declares things he makes proclamations but Jesus and God they, they always give evidence and so I look at I look at you know Jesus revealed something about his character in verse 11 that he's you know providing because he could have just disappeared like he did when he was resurrected you know, like he says to, what is it, Mary Magdalene in the, the garden? You know, I, I have yet to send my father. And then later on, he just appeared in the room with the disciples. Mm-hmm. He just appeared. Right? So he could have done that. And he could have just said, I'll come back or whatever, and I'll just disappear. And then you never know. Like, is he just going to magically show up one day and all of a sudden there's Jesus? But he kind of makes this point to say, like, this is how you're going to see me come back. It's going to be a gradual revelation. And I'm just going to gradually, you'll see me coming. You know, that was really. I, I like that. That was good. Yeah. Sarah, how about you? Uh, I think a little different perspective, maybe. Cool. Um, on verses seven and eight. Um, so basically, it's it's not a responsibility to know everything. Um, just to wait and be ready to act. Um, and this requires trust, which I think is, you know, well, yeah, like, if you tell somebody an end date, right, they might procrastinate and wait until that point. But I think it also, if you don't really have the whole picture, right, which you didn't get the whole picture, then you kind of have to trust a bit more. Um, and I think it shows that God will give you the power, the understanding, or the authority, right, to handle life when you most need it. Maybe not give you the whole picture right away. And I think that shows that God is reliable and trustworthy. Mm. That's good. And I think we could all think of situations where we're in our lives, like for, okay, Job, right? God didn't reveal to Job that Satan was involved and all that counts and everything. Joe just knew that he was in the, in the middle of a whole heck of a lot of chaos. But Joe said, okay, even though I don't have the whole picture here, I know the kind of person you are, so I'm going to trust you through the process. Right? And I think that that's what you're saying, Sarah. It's like, you know, one day, isn't there a lot, isn't there quite a lot of passages in scripture, I can't think of one off the top of my head, where the Bible talks about, you know, in the end, all will be revealed. Everything will make sense. All our questions will be answered. You know, anything that didn't make sense will make sense. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Mom? 
Um, I had to back up to the to begin with to the last half of verse three. Good. Sure. Um, and and then uh, part of five and eight. Um. And so I talked about appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. To me, that spoke greatly to God's love and God's compassion. Mm. They had been through a tremendous, traumatic experience mm -hmm. with him. I mean, I just can't even imagine going through all that with Jesus. That was trauma, major trauma. And then, you know, then he... he disappeared for a little while so now he's come back and like he I would picture him then unpacking with them what had happened and they know that he's been up to his father and he's come back so can you imagine the questions that they now have to ask him about that piece what is that like you know so um, this is something you said a little while ago it's like he to me, he came and spent that 40 days just to kind of pull it all together. Unpack what had happened, the three years of his ministry, the crucifixion, and now what life is going to be like while he's in the king up up in the heavenly kingdom, while they're here on earth. It was like in his love and his kindness, he, he wrapped all that up for them so they could have an understanding of the whole picture before he then launches them into the book of Acts in, in implementing everything that he's taught them. Um, you know, you can, you can function a lot better when you have an understanding of what's come before and where you're at, maybe then what your goal is. You know, you can dive into it when you understand. And so, uh, and then when he's talking about then you know, okay, I'm going to wrap this all up for you, and then I'm going to give you the power that I had when I walked the earth through my spirit. I'm going to give you that peace that you're missing. So he, he fills them with his spirit, and then uh, to me then, when it talks about then the power then, the power comes when you need it, when you're facing danger, when you're in a situation that you know is not right, Boom, that power is activated. So I think he filled them with the spirit and then activated it in situations when somebody was coming that was blind or deaf or half dead, you know, that needed that healing, then he activated that power that was in them. So to me it was a, to me it's a story of his compassion. And then he sends two angels, you know, to wrap it all up. Here's angels, they're with you. They're here to comfort you, to guide you. Um, I haven't left you. That's beautiful. Well said. Well said. Yeah, well said. I like the I like the the piece you brought out about how and I kind of wrote a little notes so I didn't forget it, but like if you ever read parts of Revelation, the book of Revelation, where they're describing the throne room in heaven and thousands upon thousands and ten thousand. They're all playing holy, 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 holy. Like, I wonder if, you know, that's what Jesus, you know, to your point, what was, what was heaven all about? Like, what was going on there? Yeah. 
Describe that to I'll, us. I'll, I'll give you a book about yeah. it because you know when you when you look at those situations, you know Revelation speaks to the point where Jesus then ascended to heaven. All the heavenly hosts say the evidence is more than enough. You've won your case. You are yeah. truly, and Satan was cast out of heaven forever, out of the minds of all the of all every you know they saw Satan for his lies for what they were. And the only place left in the universe where the controversy, the great controversy battle still wages is right here. Right here. We're the last place. And and so... I wonder if they even thought... I mean, they knew he was virgin-born. They knew he was the son of God. But in that three years, did they even think to ask him, what's heaven like? Ooh. But see, now they know he's been there and back, so now they can't. Well, they asked him what the father's like. What the father's Jesus, like. show us the father. Jesus says, "Have you not been with me so long, Philip, that you don't know? Yeah. You've seen me. You've seen the father." But that's a good point too about like what's heaven like. What's the whole kingdom like? Yeah. But I wonder if they would have had the thought to ask that because yeah. they were still they, so focused yes. on Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. And yes. you know, Israel, yes. they were still. Yeah. That was to them almost greater than heaven, even, you know, maybe they wouldn't have said that, but, you yeah. know, because Correct. they kept the yeah. focus, you well, know. Well, heaven was on earth, and that's yeah. what they yeah. thought, that this is, you know, it, that'll just make it to where we rule everything, and we're in charge, and everything's we're awesome. Good. Everything's all right. Right. Yeah, it's selfish. Yeah. Just like our kids, and then we grow up, we learn to be less selfish. Yeah. I think it's because they, they still have doubt. They didn't truly believe in him that he was actually God, you know, on earth. That they didn't ask him about that because they still had that. They were still doubtful. Mm-hmm. They were doubtful even after he died, after he was crucified, and after he rose from 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 the dead. You know, well, that's they, the reason why for Revelation, which is what Charlie brought up, is that it actually said, "No, I'm going to destroy this earth." And create a new one. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so good. Well, you know, to put a ribbon around this discussion. Um, what what a great picture that you know we've we've been able to kind of wrap our minds around some different concepts and some things in that. It's really neat. It's really neat. Thank you all for you know sharing your insights. And I've been blessed by some of the things that I had never considered before. I think we could all agree to that. That was great. So next week, um, for those of you, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to follow along, next week we're going to do Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21, and 37 through 41. There's two sections we're going to focus on next week. Peter's sermon and call to repentance. What does repentance mean? change of behavior or a change of mind I think maybe we'll unpack some of that next week a little bit so let's bow our heads for prayer God we thank you so much for this conversation thank you so much for the truths and speaking to each of us in very unique and special ways that we were able to share and, and all grow and learn and we just thank you for the God of love that you are thank you God for you know, explaining and describing and providing all the answers and for sending the Holy Spirit 
that when we choose the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts, that we are transformed, we are changed, and we then receive power to share this message, both in how we act and behave, and how we think, and our attitudes, and the words that we say. And we just thank you so much for being a God that heals us and restores us. Thank you so much for this Sabbath. In your precious name we pray. Amen.